Question for you: Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? Or maybe it's not so much staying asleep as it is falling back to sleep after you've gotten up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, or because you had a hot flash, something like that. If you answered yes, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to because I'm going to be talking about things you can do to help yourself fall asleep, to relax, to create the conditions that make sleep that whole process easier. Okay, and I'm also going to share with you one of the most common mistakes people make. When they are trying to fall back to sleep, so if this is something you've been struggling with, well, help is on the way. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So, if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss. To create deep health and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number one hundred and seventy-five. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So earlier this week, I had the honor and privilege of coaching. A group of folks that are in Dr. Christine Lee's Success Creators Academy, and the topic was sleep. So I noticed some themes that I thought, if you're listening and you have problems either falling asleep or falling back to sleep, this episode is going to be really helpful. So. A lot of us remember when we were younger, and we were able to fall asleep and stay asleep, and get a solid seven, eight hours of sleep a night. And as we've gotten older, maybe you've noticed that falling asleep and staying asleep, well, it doesn't happen as much as it used to, right? We wake up because we need a bathroom break or. Like I know for me, as part of the whole menopause process, I get some hot flashes that wake me up. So I thought, just as a refresher, I would explain kind of how sleep works or the falling asleep process works, and then I'm going to talk about the different things that you can do to set yourself up for success. And I'm going to talk a little bit too about the mistakes that some folks are making. When they wake up and they're trying to fall back to sleep, all right. So, sleep, as you've heard me say before, is a physiological process, and normally, it takes about ten to twenty minutes 
for us to fall asleep. So don't think of falling asleep as like a light switch where you have a master switch that you can, you know, flick on and off. As a matter of fact, I would say that if you crash, right, where you you basically fall asleep as soon as your head hits the pillow, less than say five, 10 minutes, this could actually be a sign that you're not getting enough sleep. So lying there and having it take 10 to 20 minutes is actually very, very normal, very, very healthy, okay? I want you to think about falling asleep kind of like, do you remember in the movie uh, Apollo 13 where they were trying to figure out how they could restart things and in what order they could restart them so that they didn't run out of um, electrical power, right? I think it was like they could only uh, handle up to like four amps or something to that effect. And Gary Sinise was in the um, the simulation station and, and testing everything out, okay? So we literally are trying to turn off or turn on different switches. And I say turn on and off because in biology, there's this push-pull mechanism going on. So we want to inhibit certain processes while we activate other ones. So if you think about it, like if we inhibit the sympathetic nervous system, which is the same one that we talk about for fight or flight, or freeze, right? that stress response, that's a wake, wakefulness-promoting area of your brain that's getting triggered. What we want to do is actually activate the sleep-promoting areas. So we want to activate, for example, the parasympathetic nervous system. And when it comes to sleep, the thing that creates that sleepiness or sleep pressure is something called adenosine. So from the moment you wake up in the morning, as your neurons are firing, they are producing adenosine as kind of a byproduct. And as your neurons keep firing and working, that adenosine level rises. And in your brain, as that adenosine level rises, there's actually certain receptors that are responsible for that sleep drive that you have where it's like those slots keep getting filled. And this is why actually caffeine, uh, how caffeine works, it actually, um, instead of letting adenosine attach to the receptors, it takes its place. And that's how we end up feeling more awake with caffeine. But that's a whole nother podcast episode, okay? <laughs> In this one, when we talk about falling asleep and staying asleep, you might wonder, well, when you were when you were a little kid or if you're watching little kids, do they actually wake up? And chances are they do. So I've talked about it before. When you look at the architecture of sleep, we go through 90-minute cycles. So we have the stage 1, 2, 3, and 4 of non-REM sleep where stages three and four of non-REM are considered deep sleep. And then we have REM sleep, or rapid eye movement sleep. And that's where we dream. When we're dreaming, there is a chemical produced that 
basically paralyzes our body, except for things like our eyes, right? So all the, the skeletal muscles are paralyzed, obviously not the smooth involuntary muscles because your heart is a muscle, it obviously keeps beating. But your skeletal muscles, those voluntary muscles get paralyzed, which is all about keeping us safe. So every 90 minutes, as we go through a cycle, we probably, at the end of that, wake up a little bit and roll over, change positions, get comfortable again. And when you talk about that staying asleep process, it's known as sleep efficiency. So if you lie in bed at night for, let's say, eight and a half hours, and you're technically asleep for eight of those hours, you've got a pretty high efficiency level. And anything above 85% is usually considered pretty good, pretty healthy. So again, if you're waking up because you need a bathroom break or maybe a hot flash or something like that woke you up, that's perfectly normal. If that happens, you know, once or twice a night, the issue becomes if once you wake up, you're lying there awake for more than 20 or 25 minutes. Or maybe you're waking up like six or seven times a night. And so now your sleep is feeling pretty fragmented. So, you know, you wake up, you're not rested, right? You feel like ugh, if someone were to ask you, how did you sleep last night? You would be like, not very well. Okay. So when I was coaching folks this week, one of the most common mistakes I actually heard were when people couldn't fall asleep, they'd been tossing and turning, they would wind up getting up, turning on the light, and maybe they started reading or watching TV or looking at their phone and scrolling through their email or Instagram or Facebook, something like that. That is actually telling your brain that it's time to wake up. That cognitive stimulation and the light will actually make it much, much harder for you to fall asleep. So I'm all for not lying there, tossing and turning. You've probably heard that advice to, to stop trying that. But what I would suggest you do instead is instead of lying there in the bed, you might try going out and lying down on your sofa instead. And just tell yourself, it's not about falling asleep. It's just about resting. So the worst thing you can do is chase the sleep. Right? We just, again, it's about relaxing. So besides that one tip, let's talk about what else you can do to set yourself up for success. Okay. So first thing is wakefulness. When you're awake, I want you to be really awake. That means during the daytime, I want you to get lots of exposure to natural daylight. As a matter of fact, so if your office at home or at work doesn't have a lot of natural light, I want you to spend like 30 to 40 minutes in that and preferably earlier in the day. So we really want you to wake up, okay? If you can go for like a long hike outside, that's awesome, okay? The other thing is we want to actually increase your core temperature during the day. So things like moving and things like eating 
increases things like your cortisol level and your dopamine level. So these, again, are all parts of being awake. We want you at the end of the day not to just be mentally tired, but physically tired. So think about one of the reasons I think little kids tend to have a really easy time falling asleep and staying asleep is because they've been running around all day so they're physically tired. They've been in school and they've learned, right? And so they're mentally tired. They've probably had a good meal before they go to bed, so their belly is nice and full. And they're relaxed. They're not worried about what's going to happen next. So how much can you replicate that pattern? Okay. To promote sleepfulness now, is that a word? Wakefulness and sleepfulness, sleepiness, sleepiness. That's the word I'm looking for. So to promote sleepiness, there's three buckets that I want you to think about. Darkness, a lower temperature, and relaxation. So when I talk about how do you create that dark, restful environment, you can buy some blackout shades or some eye shades definitely good to avoid the blue light from TVs or your iPad or iPhone. Or if you're not an iPhone user, your, uh, your Android devices. Okay. And if you do need light for when you like get up to go to the bathroom, consider getting a night light that isn't a blue light. You want like a warm amber light. So if you go on uh, Amazon, you can actually look for blue light blocking night lights, okay? When it comes to a lower temperature, what we're really looking for is to lower your core temperature. So obviously, if the room temperature is lower, that helps. To fall asleep, oftentimes if you take a warm bath or shower, you're helping your body lower your core temperature. So the, the warm shower or hot shower will actually dilate your blood vessels, which really is what is allowing your body to cool itself faster. Okay. And then you could also check out or try out cooling pads if you're having uh, hot flashes or Sleep 8, which I believe is a mattress cover to help, again, keep your core temperature lower. So sometimes folks will wake up because literally they, they just got too warm. If you sleep warm, that might, that might be one of the issues. And then relaxation. So instead of watching TV, you might consider listening to music or listening to a podcast, something like that. There are some stretches that are really, really good to help uh, activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So again, we want to inhibit the sympathetic nervous system, which is that stress response. So to do that, you might try doing the worry journal or brain dump. So an hour or two before you go to bed, write down all the things that you tend to wake up and start thinking about. So we want to let that go before you go to bed, okay? And then try some stretches. So if you want me to walk you through what some of those stretches are, 
I would encourage you to schedule a mini coaching session with me. Actually, for any of this stuff, if you would like my help in identifying what would work best for you, feel free to go to my website, moxie-club.com, and uh, tap on or select work with Amy and schedule that free mini coaching session. Okay. So ultimately, oh, and then of course there's, there's one other one, which I've talked about before, which is if you're drinking caffeine too late in the day, that may be affecting your ability to relax as well. Okay. So as I talked about all of these things, there are some things that are more one and done versus habit. One and done might be things like programming your thermostat or buying that nightlight. It could be investing in a new mattress or pillows or blankets or sheets, right? It could be investing in a cooling pad or a sleep eight, whatever those things are, cover for your mattress. And it include things like buying blackout shades and installing them. And then there are things that are more along the lines of your routine, your habits. And what I would suggest is that I listed off a whole bunch of different things here that you could try. Think of it as like your menu of options. So along the lines of the habit stuff, I want you to pick just one. And if my menu of options doesn't appeal to you, order off the menu. Come up with your own. If you want some help brainstorming, schedule that mini coaching session with me. Ultimately, I want it to be something that you want to do or you want to try. And then let's try it. Let's experiment. See if it works. And maybe... For you, it might not just be one thing. Like so often people want it to be just one thing. Maybe it's going to be the cumulative effect of three or four things. We won't know until we try it. But none of the things that I've talked about here are going to be things that are going to make things worse. We're looking for ways to make things better. And it might actually be a combination. So think of it as like, uh, James Clear in Atomic Habits talks about how ice turns to water at 32 degrees. If you're at 28 degrees and I raise the temperature one degree to 29, it looks like nothing's changed. We can try something else. It's like getting the temperature to 30 degrees. Still nothing happens. And then we try something else goes up to 31 degrees, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, maybe it's the fourth or fifth thing, that cumulative effect where all of a sudden you get that breakthrough. And sleep, sleep that thing that you've been wanting for so long becomes something that you have all the time. Good sleep all the time. You can think of yourself as being good in bed once again. <laughs> Yes, I meant that as a pun, and I'm amusing myself. All right, so try these out. This is definitely a topic that I know a lot of folks are struggling with. And again, 
If you would like some coaching on it, feel free to schedule one with me at moxie-club.com and then go to work with Amy. All right. So I am going to wrap things up today with a quote by Mike Murdoch. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.